This episode was recorded before the opening of The Rise of Skywalker. You may continue to enjoy No Dignity without any Star Wars spoilers. Oh my god! I bet Obi-Wan never taught you the truth. What? He told me enough. He told me you killed him. I did not kill your father. I am your father. No. That's not true. That's impossible. Search within yourself. You know it to be true. I'm gonna run away. You seriously jumped into the void of space rather than have me be his father. No dignity. Hey everybody, it's that most wonderful time of the year. December is upon us. There's a crisp chill. You know, the 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 winter is here, so the sun is setting early, so that could only mean one thing. It's Star Wars season. Woo! And uh we're going to be talking about Star Wars and JoJo today on No Dignity, the podcast about everything JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Ng. And I'm Alejandro Vargas. Okay, so this is all my fault because I was thinking too much and I texted Alex and I went, hey, I have this idea about how Joseph Joestar and Luke Skywalker are the same and why Disney should have stolen from our beloved master, Hirohiko Araki. Yes, I 100% agree, even though I haven't heard the entire thing yet. <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think I've said any of it yet. So I know. I appreciate your blind faith in my stupidity. It really warms my heart on this holiday season that you would give me so much endlessly pointless faith. Oh, trust me. It's the one thing I got going in my life right now. All right. Awesome. So let's, let's crack down a couple of things. So first thing, 1980. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back is released. Um, arguably a touchstone classic within our culture, uh, demonstrated by things like "No, I am your father," and you know all that kind of stuff. It it is um, you know the follow up to the sleeper hit Star Wars released in 1977. And my argument has always been that without the Empire Strikes Back. There would have been no mega movie franchise monolith that exists today. The Empire Strikes Back is what gives Star Wars its soul, in my opinion. But this is not a Star Wars podcast, so I'm not going to go into that just yet. 1989, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Battle Tendency is concluded. So Mm -hmm. clearly, uh, I'm sure Empire Strikes Back has had time to be translated into Japanese and uh, bounced around Iraqi's head for a little bit. So obviously, when we start to draw comparisons, you know, we we can tell who influenced who. I think. Yeah, I I can generally agree with that. I like agreeing with that. And I mean, there's a lot of you can make a lot of comparisons with uh, Joseph Jovstar and Indiana Jones, particularly part three version of him, but also part two because he like fights Aztec people and like hangs out with Nazis. So, um, you know, just because Joseph was friends with the Nazis, not punching them. We're great. We're just going to skip over that part. But anyway, <laughs> Let's skip the moral ambiguity. <laughs> we did an episode on that already. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's just jump into the, this thing. So what are the similarities between Luke Skywalker and Joseph Joestar? One, Unique slash dumb last names that feature celestial objects. Skywalker, Joe, Star. Hmm. Or should I say, hmm? <laughs> that was a good, that was a good Yoda. Thank you. Um, so this is absolutely pointless comparison, but there it is. <laughs> but it's the most basic comparison you can make right now. Yeah. Uh, both of them are the descendant of a legendary figure with great power. Luke Skywalker, son of Anakin Skywalker. Joseph Joestar, grandson of Jonathan Joestar. Yes, uh, both of them known for breathing. 
You know, you mean uh, Anakin and Jonathan? I guess they are. Yeah. Jonathan goes, <laughs> you know, when he wants to punch something. And then whenever Darth Vader, you know, um, exists, he just kind of goes. <laughs> oh, you know what? you're right. Confirmed. Anakin Skywalker, not using the force, but saved by Hamon breathing. Yes. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker has preserved his old graying body by using Hamon breathing. It's uh it's it makes a lot of sense. It's starting to make a lot of sense. I didn't even think of that one. Um so both of them, of course, because they are de- the descendant of a legendary figure, have lives that are defined by the actions of that parent and or grandparent. Uh Joseph mm-hmm. is cleaning up Jonathan's or the things that were set in motion by Jonathan's life. And obviously Luke very much on a larger scale is dealing with the things that Anakin caused in his life. So both of them are sort of living with the shadow of what came before. Or as I like to say, the, uh, the universe's worst set of daddy issues, at least on Luke's part. Yeah. Which I think, you know, is, has become a very common storytelling trope. I, I always like to think about Harry Potter in this sense, because so much of Harry Potter's story is defined by the actions of his parents or the friends of his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I have often argued that the story of James and Lily Potter would have been more interesting than the actual Harry Potter story. <laughs> <laughs> I just got done reading the first book, actually. But, but that is neither here, here nor there. I just, I just feel like... People got really obsessed with James and Lily's story and of all the crazy adventures and all the crazy things that happened to the point where I'm like, well, actually, you know, all we do in these Harry Potter stories is talk about them. Why don't we just watch them do it? Yeah. 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 I see that. Uh, Have you know, I'm I'm quite I'm quite an expert. I've played Lego Harry Potter's year one through seven. So uh, you can call me an expert. Oh, God. <laughs> I am not, not much of a Harry Potter expert, either. Um, both of them, Jonathan, uh, Joseph and Luke, have a surprise parent. That is very true. They do have a surprise parent. Uh, Joseph gets Lisa Lisa, and Luke uh, gets Darth Vader. Yeah, so there you go. We both got the surprise parent switcheroo. Um, both of them are uniquely powerful and talented, but... Um, don't really reach their full potential until they get some harsh training from their mentor. So Luke gets Yoda and Joseph gets Lisa Lisa. Yes, it's very true. Also, we're way late into this, but spoiler warning is if you somehow have not seen Star Wars. <laughs> you have not seen The Empire Strikes Back. What are you doing? I'm sorry. It's either you're five or you've been under a rock. Although, you know, I think Emily was telling me the other day that she was just starting to watch The Empire Strikes Back, so. Really? Yeah. I just got Jennifer into uh, watching Star Wars from The Phantom Menace and beyond. Oh, you didn't use the machete order either? Come on, people. What are we doing? Okay, I gotta talk to you about the machete order later. I guess it's too late, but I need you to know the machete order. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, here Here's one that I think a lot of people don't are you know because now people are listening and they're playing the how are luke and joseph together i don't think a lot of people are going to catch this one i'm very proud of this one um Mm -hmm. neither of them defeats the main villain that is true vader throws palpatine into the death star pit and a volcano throws cars into outer space hmm both of our villains get just put into the void or at least whatever the death star pit did to palpatine yeah, which based on the trailers on the new movie, it might have been nothing. Who knows? <laughs> I'm glad to see how that gets wrecked. Um, both of them have their cocky friend die, although Han dies much, much, much later than Caesar <laughs> dies. Yeah, in comparison to their relative <laughs> timelines. You know, at the very least, <laughs> uh, Han got to grow old. Uh, Caesar. Yeah, he had a nice wine. Uh, And then, of course, what this whole discussion is kind of hinged upon, both transition into being the mentor figure, of course, Joseph in Stardust Crusaders, and Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. 
Now, look, there's a lot of similarities between these characters, and that kind of makes sense. They're both the protagonists in a standard hero's journey story. Um, and these things are kind of, like, fun to make extra bonus connections with. But obviously, like, you could make the same discussion about a lot of primary protagonists, right? Yeah, yeah. What I think is particularly interesting is how both characters made an abrupt left turn and why were people willing to forgive Joseph? So Joseph is many people's favorite Jojo. In fact, he sometimes is mine depending on the mood I'm in on a given day. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people lose him when we get to diamond is unbreakable. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if you've come across this, but I have read a lot of comments that go akin to this. Oh, you know, him cheating on his wife ruins his character. It makes no sense. Um, it comes out of nowhere. They hate that he's become old and weak and useless. That's that's odd because I kind of felt the opposite of that. I thought to myself uh, when, you know, they needed a reason to have Josuke on the scene. Um, when it was brought up that uh, Joseph cheated on his wife, I thought to myself, like, yeah, I can see him doing that. <laughs> well and i think some people get whiplash because there's so many touching moments in part three with him and Susie q yeah um you know it's like oh this dedication to his family except that one time when he was hanging out with that 21 year old um <laughs> and and i agree with you it doesn't ruin it for me but i have seen it many many times saying like oh this ruined his character this one thing ruined his character and does that sound familiar to you, bitter Star Wars fans who, you know, feel that Luke should have been the one stabbing people in The Last Jedi? Hmm? Does that sound familiar to you? Because that's what you say all the time. I liked Luke in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I, I think so. We've got two characters who are, are similar and then they both take abrupt left turns. And for some reason, people are more willing to give Joseph than they are Luke. And I think there's a reason why. And that's what I want to try to talk about. Um, well, I... Let's get into it, please. I have to tell you that, so for about a year and a half, I was the first line of defense for anyone who had anything to say about The Last Jedi. I was like, no, this movie is good because it took risks and it did something that, you know, Mm -hmm. it really explored something. I didn't Mm -hmm. want, well, I guess I wasn't really sure what they were going to do with Luke. And me being old and a fan who read all the extended universe Star Wars novels in the mid 90s, um, I had seen about 85 different versions of older Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Um, But I wasn't expecting this one. You know, it actually let Mark Hamill be a little bit humorous. Um, He was kind of a, a bitter old man who had tried to revive a dead religion that, you know, and and a bigger point that I think casual Star Wars fans don't pick up is that one of the big themes of the prequels is that the Jedi beliefs don't work. Like, they don't work. That's why the whole thing fell apart. Um, mm-hmm. And Luke tried to then reinstate those Jedi values, and guess what? They still don't work, <laughs> which is what he was trying to do. I mean, like, his whole story is like, I don't know anything about the Jedi. I just want to love people. And bring them back to the light. And that worked, but that's not actually what Jedi teachings say. So yeah. Luke, yeah, right? So Luke is a bitter old man who tried to fulfill the whole thing and it, and it all fell apart. So cool. That makes sense to me. To some people, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Joseph Joestar, a person who has dedicated his life to his family and to protecting them. Um, sneaky, but only sneaky on bad guys. At least we um, thought. Yeah, so we thought, and then all of a sudden, bam, kid that he had, you know, a long time ago when he was an old man and, um, you know, betrayed all of his family and everybody's mad at him. Even Jotaro is a tiny bit mad at him and Jotaro doesn't have a lot of emotional range. So, wow, that must have really. (laughs) This really uh, struck a chord. Right. I mean, Jotaro doesn't care about a whole lot, but that he was like. He even kind of got onto a tangent when he met Josuke, right? He's like, oh, yeah. the old man only ever said he cared about his wife. And, Sorry, got, got carried away. 
Yeah, yeah, it was Jotaro losing his cool for a second. Yeah, Jotaro <laughs> doesn't lose his cool. Anyway, so I think why people are more willing to forgive Joseph is that Araki is really good at showing that the core of who Joseph was and is isn't gone. It's just kind of dampened. Yeah. I could see that. So, for example, one of the things that people love about Joseph is that he's really funny, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you come off of uh, Straight as an Arrow, Jonathan. You know, Joseph is a lot more humorous. And you still get to see his humor. Uh, whether it's intentional or not, we're not sure. Him trying to buy baby stuff. <laughs> uh, him calling Okuyasu Osamasu. <laughs> and... Is he deaf or is he pretending? We're not really sure. Um, yelling about, you know, hey, this coffee's great. Guy, want another one. <laughs> <laughs> when in part three, he said that Japanese coffee was the worst. Yeah. I just well, wish that at some point throughout part four, he would have uh, played with Josuke by taking off his fake hand. Oh, right. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Oh, wait, I I forgot to put that they both have a fake hand. Yes. How do I forget to put that on the list? I mean, they both lost. You literally hands, said but... it. You literally said it like at the beginning of right before we recorded. <laughs> I mean, they both lost hands, so I guess it's assumed that they both had fake hands. At least how you were making out to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They both have mechanical hands. I'm almost a hundred percent positive Iraqi takes that from Star Wars. I mean, come on, mechanical hand. Joseph's is kind of cooler, though. Not gonna lie. Is it? I look, take away the swastikas. <laughs> take away the swastikas, and it can like bend the fingers backwards. It can like conduct ham on. You know, it's it's a multi tool. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so we have to see Joseph's humor is is stayed. Um, his kindness and protectiveness to strangers is still there. Um, I know we. Everybody likes to make fun of how, you know, oh, I'll kill this woman. I don't even know that woman. But, <laughs> you know, really, he was bluffing. He was going to protect that woman no matter what. And, you know, Shizuka, Invisible Baby, he's like, oh, it's Invisible Baby. Obviously, I have to protect it with everything I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was actually a, a story point, right? It's like Josuke is sitting there in the water going, wow. You're risking, you're literally risking your life for someone who you've never met and you've barely even seen. Like, <laughs> literally. Not a lot of people would do that, you know? Yeah. Um, we get to see that Joseph's cleverness is still there. Again, cutting his arm to add blood to the water so he, you can find the invisible point. Like, just showing his his mental acuity is on point still. Yes. Um, Joseph still has a love of makeup. Huh? And he is he is still keen at putting makeup on. He he was able to put makeup on that baby. He was able to like contour that baby perfectly, you know? Yeah. To the point where yeah. people aren't even questioning, like, yo, why do you have a baby with a face full of makeup? That's true. He did walk around with a Shizuka a lot, and you don't see everyone like, what the heck are you doing? And they're just like, Oh yeah, look at that baby. Oh, look at the makeup baby. It's got sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> He's protecting her eyes. Um, even though at first Cheating on Susie Q seems like a reverse of the devotion to his family. I think you can very clearly see Joseph is still deeply devoted to his family. I mean, the entire reason he's there is that he has a deep, deep regret of not knowing Josuke. Uh, he wants to take care of him. He wants to take care of Tomoko. Um, you know, he's sad that he missed so much stuff. So what I hear here is that he's twice the family man. Well, he has twice the family, so. Yeah, he has twice the family. <laughs> um so you know it's not like yeah he made a mistake but it's not like he's like well whatever it was just some chick who cares about that guy you know yeah. that's not my real family he's like no there's another i have another son i have to go take care of him too and you know like i didn't know he didn't know um i mean literally jotaro says that he would have been there but jotaro basically told him like no you're too old you stay here i'll do it mm-hmm and I don't think if if it hadn't been Jotaro going, I don't think Joseph would have let anyone stop. Well, 
In fact, Joseph didn't let him stop him because he showed up anyway. <laughs> he, he came anyway, like a week later. Yeah, that's true. I guess. GG. Stay on the boat. <laughs> you know, even when he had his, well, you know, it's pretty obvious that Joseph kind of have his has his life at risk at any given moment. You know. Yeah, that's that's quite true. Um, he's very fragile. He's got one HP. Yeah, part four, he has like, I'd say he had like five HP, then it dropped down to one after he found the baby. He is uh, essentially the shed ninja of uh, Jojo at that point. <laughs> one maximum HP. He's going to avoid almost all the danger, but if you actually get a hit on him, boop, that's it. He's dead. <laughs> that's it. It's gone. Um, and then obviously, finally, you, you ultimately get Joseph's dedication to stopping evil. I mean, when he was trying to find Josuke in the first place, his uh, hermit purple photos had all these like evil pictures of Angelo. Yeah. And he was concerned about it. And then even after he showed up to talk to Josuke and everybody, like he came because he wanted to help find the arrow. He hung out to try to find Kira, although we still don't know why he didn't use Hermit Purple to find Kira. He, he, you know, taking care of a baby, especially as, like, a man in his, like, what, 70s, 80s, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, 70s, yeah. Yeah, that has to take a lot on the mind, all right? <laughs> that's that's true, that's true. No? I'll give him that. Maybe he just doesn't have the vigor in him anymore to smash a camera with his hand. Yeah. Although, you know, what's interesting, too, is now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not exactly sure how much time passes between them losing Kira and then finding him. I always took it as, like, two weeks around so. Yeah, maybe. I actually thought it was longer, but it might not be. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I took it as, like, two weeks um, because the entire story does take place over, like, what, like, the summer half of, like, the beginning of a school year. Yeah, well, I forget. When does the Japanese school year start? Here we go. <laughs> are, we, are we Googling it? Let's oh, Google I'm it. Googling. Do it, do it. Okay, here we go. When does Japanese school year start? April. Ooh, they start oh, okay. Kinda, yeah. Um, yeah, so the first term runs to around July 20th. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that whole story could have been in the span of, like, two to three months. Yeah, I always took it as, like, maybe, like, two months max. Well, I think the whole thing is two months max, but um, you're right. It could have only been a couple of weeks between Kira turning into Kosaku and then being found out. Yeah. Maybe it was only a few days if you really kind of think about it. (laughs) So Kira's disguise didn't even last him like a week. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, I know he was he never figured out how to write his name correctly. Yeah. Um. He's stressing out that he can't fulfill his urges. And I mean, he spent, what, 15 years, essentially, just indulging in those urges whenever he wanted to. So, yeah, now he's got to keep up like a a reputation, someone else's reputation, a family man. Did you know that there are people who deeply wanted uh, Kira to change who he was so he could be with Shinobu? I know exactly what you mean. Because for a split second, I thought to myself, is this villain going to be redeemed? When I was watching part four, I legitimately thought to myself, like, crap, like, is are, is she going to change him? Like, oh, when he started, when he saved her from Stray Cat. <clears throat> oh, I yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I thought to myself, like, oh, he's like caring about people now, right? Like, is this going to inspire some kind of change in him? Are they just gonna let him take this man's identity? Like, because that's still that's that's pretty messed up. <laughs> uh, I only killed eighty women. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I thought to myself like, well, there's no way they're gonna let him get away with that, right? At the very least, he's gonna be put in like a jail or something. But it's JoJo, so it's either infinite punishment or death. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. I, I just think it's funny that there's a section of the population that wish that's what had happened. Um, I also saw a comic the other day uh, that was like, it showed Hayato getting bullied at school. And then Kira as Kosaku picks him up and Hayato's all sad and, 
uh, and the bully, by the way, takes his lunchbox and he's like, you saw, didn't you? And, and Kira says, of course I saw. I know I'm always watching over you. And then Hayato's like, it's not like you're going to do anything about it. And Kira goes, Killer Queen has already touched the lunchbox. And then you see an explosion. In the oh, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what if, what if he just adopted him and then, you know, was a protective father? It's like, oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> Killer dad. Yeah, I'm just going to kill anybody who bothers you. That's terrible. murder a child. <laughs> so casually murder a child. Anyway, <laughs> so I think that's why people are willing to forgive Joseph uh, and why they're not willing to forgive Luke is that he never quite goes back to being the optimistic farm boy kid that they fell in love with as a youth. You know, mm-hmm. um, he does get a little bit more redeemed I mean, he's like you know what no there's hope for the future the rebellion still goes on there's going to be more jedi and blah 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 but he's still kind of a grumpy old man about it you know and he never yeah. even offers like hope or redemption to ben solo which you you i was kind of expecting him to at least say like ben you don't have to do this there's another way and that part never really showed up no no it didn't so I think had they done that, had Disney been fans of JoJo and had watched how Joseph Josar had been handled, I think you could have gotten a Luke Skywalker that could have preserved basically the same story as The Last Jedi, but maybe would have been more uh, appealing to the common fan. I can see what you're getting at. For some people, maybe it would have it was uh, too much for the character to change that much. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> um, not, I mean, not that I don't think it's realistic because thirty years is a long time, and people do change that much. Like they do. Yeah, hmm? people do change that much, but maybe be, I don't know. It's weird because I think in storytelling, the rules of realism sometimes feel unrealistic. You know. Like, uh, the you know, the phrase, like, truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when true things happen that are completely bizarre and make no sense, and you try to include that in a story or, or tell someone, they're like, ah, you're making that up. Because I think our brains are wired to follow logical progressions of things. <laughs> so you're not talking about JoJo fans. I'm sorry, what? So you're not talking about JoJo fans. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of funny, and I'm, I'm not even sure if I would be curious. You know, write us and tell us if you loved or hated The Last Jedi, because, you know, as a JoJo fan, you can't really be someone who cares too much about logical consistency or, <laughs> like... Or if you, something is resolved. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, why do the powers work this way sometimes and this way another time? Like, if you got mad about the Leia flying through space scene and you're a JoJo fan, I don't know what to tell you. Have you seen the ending of part three? (laughs) I I don't mean to spoil anything, but, you know, some people might pull some abilities out of nowhere. (laughs) So it's the same type of standard star platinum. Oh, that meme has taken over and I love seeing it. Yeah, I feel like it had a real short life cycle and I'm sad about it because I wish there were more. But I guess there are only so many stands, so... It's like Caesar. Like a bubble. So beautiful, yet fleeting. Uh, I, still, I still have nightmares about the one I showed you where he's thinking about Rat and <laughs> Star Platinum with his mouth open and an AK-47 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Platinum. Well, anything else about Star Star Wars and JoJo and Luke and Joseph? Um, uh, geez, let me, let me. Because mm. I got Let's, other things we could talk about, but. Let me, let me, give me like a, a good 2.5 seconds to think about any other comparisons I could possibly ever have. All right, ready? About Go. Star Wars and JoJo. Uh, invisible powers. Invisible powers. Hell yeah. You got it. You nailed that I right on the head. Nailed buddy. that one. What if? What if the force doesn't exist, and because we're not stand users, we can't see? Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Um. But does that mean they all have the same stand? 
No, uh, they just don't. They just don't realize the uh, the extent of their power. Darth Vader's um, is is choky boy. <laughs> Luke's is grabby boy. Um, uh, Palpatine's mm. is uh, zappy boy. Leia's mm. is uh, you know, just shooting straight out forward. Um, mm. uh, uh, Ben <laughs> Ben Solo's is grabby laser boy. Um. And also, like, telepathy, kind of. Yeah, I, Ben Solo definitely has one of those stands that has too many abilities. <laughs> um, the consequence is that it makes him box-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> That's the consequence. He becomes a boxy boy for uh, using his stand so much. Uh, Adam Driver, you know, I love you, but... Part one, Adam Driver. Part one, Adam Driver. Oh my God, that is him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, space, na- space Nazis and real Nazis. No, oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, oh, yeah, yep, there it is. I contributed to this episode. That's right. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <sighs> I still don't feel fulfilled. All right. It's a trap. <laughs> Okay, so, um, crack thick question mark? Have I told you about, I don't know if I've told you about this one, but I noticed this the other day, and it's been bothering me. Tell me. Okay, so, um, part three. On a boat. Yes. Jotaro falls in water. The imposter Mm -hmm. Captain Tennille has, in Dark Blue Moon, uh, have him on the ropes. Spin him around in the vortex. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, ha ha ha, Jotaro, you can't get close, and therefore you can't punch me, and you will die from suffocation, you fool, ha ha ha. Yes. And then, Starfinger. Starfinger! Boom. Now, the sound effect that plays when Starfinger is unleashed is the same sound effect used when Josuke is repairing something with Crazy Diamond. Oh. It so... Is- so I, let me take a stab at this. I'm, I'm, I'll let you finish, but let me take a stab at this. Yeah, yeah. So what you're yeah, saying yeah. is that Star Platinum was originally a ginormous stand, and that's why he was able to grab stuff for Jotaro. He was just too huge, and he was able to pick them up between his, his long, thin fingers. But then eventually, <laughs> as Jotaro manifested him, he shrunk. And so it is when he uses Star Finger, he uh, symbolically repairs himself, and he is back to being a giant, but only in his digits. Ooh, that's better than what I came up with. That's way better than what I came up with. I, I just pulled that, like, right out of right now. What did you come up with? Well, I hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so I'm trying to think, like, like kaiju-sized Dynamax Star Platinum. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamax. <laughs> just standing Dynama- there. Dynamax Platinum. <laughs> It's just it's like man, I wish I had some manga. It's just with his two fingers picking up a little manga magazine, tossing it through. Yeah, and toss it right through the bars. This is the jail cell. Well, I mean, we do know in part three you can shrink your stand if you want to. So what if Star Platinum is just constantly shrunk? Yeah. That, that's a lot better than what I that I, that's pretty we, good. We do get stands like forever, which are ginormous. Yeah, yeah, it's not impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I didn't really have a solid theory as to what that meant. I just thought it was interesting, but like these two related stands are somehow. I, I don't know. I guess on one hand, it sort of fed into the theory that Star Platinum could have been anything, as long as you believe. Yeah, or maybe feeds into the idea that like. Um, that, that Star Platinum can basically copy sand abilities? I don't know. I think Star Platinum's just the ultimate multi-tool. You get me? Yeah. Uh, you need a big punchy boy? Well, you got a big punchy boy. Someone can stop time and you can't? Well, show them what for. You know? Stop time yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Your opponent's too far away for, like, two fights? Ah, jeez. Just shoot the fingers out. You know? You need a star baseball athlete. Star like at least like twelve star platinums are gonna be there for you. 
<laughs> well, I mean, hey, listen, we never really figure out how it is that, uh, you know, everybody in part three repairs their injuries. So what you're saying <laughs> is that Jotaro was pleading ignorance when he saw Josuke's uh, power. I mean, maybe Crazy Diamond gets shows up to, to do the Crazy Diamond. You know, they're having their little punch out. Jordan was like, ah, so it's the same type of Star <laughs> Platinum. <And> then, <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it. I just thought it was interesting. And it's not a one-time deal. Like, anytime he uses Star <laughs> Finger, it's that same sound effect. So check it out. It's it's pretty fun. So I once again, I, I'm getting out of this. Just that Star Platinum is like, yeah, he's he's the perfect multi-tool. It's that, that's why he called Josuke's power the kindest power the world has ever seen. He was also kind of praising himself a little bit. <laughs> he was just yes. like, I know you have this awesome, amazing, kind, Gentile power that can also punch the crap out of things. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I know what you're going through. But if you want to save somebody, you have to do it the good old physical way, not the stand way. But physical using your stand. You get me? <laughs> yeah, I've brought people back to life, but uh, oh, yeah, you can't. But I've done it. <laughs> but you can't. What if he was just saying that so he could be more special? Oh, oh no. You're saying Crazy Diamond also unlimited potential, but then Jonah was like, and I can't do that. And then now Josuke believes that, and now he can't. <laughs> now he's forever capped. Oh, man. <laughs> We're just making Jotaro out to be the bad guy here, aren't we? Maybe, yeah. It's just we we all think about he's kind of a humble dude. Really, he's in it for the glory. Left his daughter when she had a high fever. Let's give an extra no dignity to Jotaro. Yeah, uh, Jotaro is signed one additional no dignity for the day. One additional no dignity for the day. And if you're listening to this twice, which I don't know why you would be, well then let's make that another because it'd be a different day. <laughs> okay, let's let's hit him with our stands powered by emotion theory uh, that we had we talked about like I don't know three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so. One of the questions it has often been, how come Star Platinum so weak in part four when he's so strong in part three? And how come they always say Jotaro in his prime was when he's 17 and not 27? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and part of it, people say, well, it was he hasn't been practicing. Well, OK, but he hadn't been practicing at all when he <laughs> first got it. <laughs> yeah. And he punched Kakyoin so hard his school broke. <laughs> let's not forget that uh, so one of, one of the possible theories is that perhaps stands are fueled by emotion and this is um, from what Josuke says the first time he tries to rock Angelo he's only half rocked and then it's not until Angelo makes fun of his hair that he fully rocks him mm-hmm. and uh, he Josuke says there wasn't enough rage in my heart for him now, um, we know Joe's, Jotaro had quite a bit of rage as a young man. <laughs> he, was a, he, was a, he was an angry youth. Yeah, uh, he liked to beat up street toughs for fun. That one teacher talked back to him, so he made sure he never came back. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. And then, of course, you know, his mother's in danger, so you've got all that rage pumping through him. And then, yeah. you know, his That's- dog and his friends die. Well, the dog he threw. Oh yeah, he let's not forget that. Dog. He, he also animal abuse. Jotaro. <laughs> this is turning into quite the anti-Jotaro episode. <laughs> let's not forget his mother. Uh, in the beginning of part three, she believed he'd murdered somebody. That's true. <laughs> this is not outside. This is not outside what she would expect for her son. Oh, what did you kill? And they're like, I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh man. <laughs> well, not- anyway. Good point. Mm. Um, so we were having a conversation of what do we think, what emotions power what stand? Because obviously, like, uh, like uh, Koichi is probably not powered by rage. No. No. So so we're going to do lightning round. I'm going to throw a stand at you. You tell me what emotion you you think 
something powers it. This might be the one sport I'm good at. All right, all right, here we go. You ready? All right. All right. Magician's Red. Magician's Red? Ah, uh, geez, it's powered by uh, horniness. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so remember when Dio tried to convince Avdol to come to the dark side? Okay, yeah, yeah. And he was all like, it was like seductive, right? Avdol was entranced. Thus far, uh, when, he, when he starts using Magician's Red against Dio, he's just like, look, man, you're hot, but I can't let that take over you, man. Huh. That's interesting, because I don't really consider Avdol to have much of a drive in that sense. I mean, you know, his encounter with Joseph notwithstanding. Yeah. I mean, look, that whole, like, Mariah magnet thing, we all know that Avdol really didn't have a magnet on him. Uh, you know, you know? That's, that's a good point. We never saw him touch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> we all know Avdol didn't actually have a magnet. He was using Magician's Red to gather items on himself. <laughs> Oh, uh, I touched it too. <laughs> oh, Mr. Joestar. Oh, I'm getting closer. Oh, oh no. I can't control it. <laughs> okay, we need to stop until this starts turning into a really bad fan fiction. Um, I can write it. All right. Uh, next, next stand. Uh, the Fool. Oh, The Fool? Um, also horniness. What? <laughs> what? Okay. I mean, Hold on. Iggy's... Okay, go ahead. No, wait. Iggy? <laughs> yeah. Iggy is trying to get back to, like, New York, where he has literal, I'm just going to say female dogs, <laughs> like, lined up for him, right? He did say he, that, didn't he? Yeah. He he had them lined up for him. He was pulled out of his cozy lifestyle by Mr. Joestar and Avdol, right? Okay. He's just All trying right. to get out of Egypt as fast as he can, so he can head back to New York City. Okay. Um, Silver Chariot. Um, Revenge. Okay, okay, that one makes sense. That one makes sense. I, I thought you were gonna say horniness again. Um, <laughs> I could make an <laughs> argument for it. <laughs> uh, Hierophant Green. Um, God, jeez. Uh, this one. Uh, loneliness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kakuin was also always such a lonely boy, so he decided that it would be good to control people when he was being controlled. <laughs> It wasn't until after he had realized that he was being controlled that he realized controlling others wasn't very good. So now he just shoots rocks. But he's trying to give you gifts. They're emeralds, not just rocks. But like, so he, this man just spawns geodes? Like, he's creating new matter in the universe? Or do they? does he get them from somewhere? Oh, I don't, I, well, he gets it from the water. <laughs> but like... Obviously. He makes water. Emeralds, splash. But okay, we're not getting into that, I guess. Uh, um, <laughs> the Hermit Purple. Mm, I am stuck between two right now. Uh, what? What you got? One of them is horniness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one is just like pure like curiosity and like trickery, right? Because um, you know, it it can take spirit photos, right? And it can like. Yeah. Um, it can like kind of like you know help read people's minds, right? And being a trickster, that's like one of the best tools you can have, right? Knowing mm. where somebody mm. is at any given moment, knowing what they're gonna think, because you're constantly one step ahead of them. Mm, yep, 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 yep. That but on sense. the other hand, you can take spirit nudes. That's true. That's how they find Dio. Yeah. Right. Punch a camera. You know, see a naked man. We <laughs> we didn't get naked pictures of Angelo. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say oh boy we didn't get naked pictures of angelo um let's let's just do a couple of big ones crazy diamond crazy diamond uh that childlike feeling of like oh geez like i wish this could have not just happened oh man that's a good yeah. one um gold experience gold experience um i believe that is pure and utter soft boy rage Oh, oh, that's interesting. Right? Where it's like you know, it's it it doesn't look that strong. Um, it in fact it makes other people happy. It gives life. It springs new things forth into the world, right? Um, but it is also like the most brutal thing you have ever seen. Once you get on its like angry side, right? 
That's good. That's good. It can punch you for like nine hours. It can, <laughs> <laughs> it can punch you for like nine hours. Uh, the thing can like grow new body parts and keep you alive so it can keep on torturing you. And also, uh, when it goes Requiem, it can just make you nope when you're about to die. That is definitely soft boy rage. I will give you that one. That is a good one. Thank this you. reminds me, there was a meme, I, I forget, it was like the meaning of, of part five stands, and it's like, Abakio, Moody, Moody Blues, this is powered by the regret of my past, reliving my life over and over again, you know, now can I finally correct the mistakes and the sins of my, of my past self, <laughs> Naranja, wee, airplane! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, what's Naranja's? Uh, I don't know. I would say rage. Just pure, like, whoo, rage. I mean, that fight with Formaggio. <laughs> There's not that a lot fight of with there. <laughs> that fight with Formaggio was just a lot of angry boy. Yeah, I mean, he's literally kicking a car and probably breaking his toe while he's doing it. <laughs> like, uh, Naranja, why are you kicking the car? You've already bombed it. <laughs> There's no to logic sure. to what you're doing. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> All right, meme of the week. Oh, meme of the week? Oh, geez, if I got one, I've got one. All right, so, uh, listeners, this one is by Instagram user Jojo Sexual. Um, that is Jojo Sexual, no space in between Jojo and Sexual. And it reads At first, I thought this creature can only be charitably called a dog. And it shows a picture of Iggy. Then I found out that, no, Boston Terriers really do look like that. And it shows a picture of a very blue-eyed Boston Terrier who bears a exceptionally striking uh, appearance to Iggy. I've just sent it to you. Whoa. Whoa, really? Oh, I don't have my phone. Where's my phone? <laughs> Hold on. Pause while I find my phone, because i got to see this. All right. Oh, wait, here it is. My phone's right here. Um, whoa. It's got the that, blue eyes. Yeah. It's got like the extended like muzzle. It's it's got all that. It's almost like that's the reference our Iraqi was looking at. Like <laughs> that's frightening. Like he he looked at it, he thought to himself, "Yes, this is the dog I want in my manga." <laughs> Just give it uh, yellow ears, and we'll be fine. That that's a good one. Um, mine's mine's not really a meme, so therefore I'm probably breaking the rule. But um. It's one no dignity. One no dignity for me. Um, it is a YouTube recommendation I'm going to give people. It's like it's Josuke's theme, Diamond is Unbreakable, eight bit, sixteen bit SNES version. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, the music itself is fine. Like it's it's the theme and it's you know it's redone in the correct thing. Oh, it's by YouTube user Music Kage. So M U S I K A G E. <laughs> Musikage Kira. Yeah, Musikage Kira. Um, but what I love about this is that he does a little animation with it. So you've got uh, Morio in beautiful SNES colors, and there's a uh, Kira in Kosaku form is standing with Killer Queen over a cowering Hayato, and Josuke walks up and just starts punching him. And so I'm, I'm watching this thing. I'm not really watching it because I'm, you know, listening to it. And about halfway through, when it gets to the piano break, you know, the boo do 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 the animation changes. Uh, and Okuyasu and Koichi show up and have instruments, and Josuke's playing a keyboard. <laughs> uh, and it, they heal Kira, and then, then he punches them some more. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a little surprise with Jotaro. It's just a really well done little animation. Um, but the really the most important thing I need to point out about it, which is what really put it over the top from like, oh, that was fun to me needing to put it on the show, is uh so Oki uh so Koichi is playing a violin, um, but Okuyasu is playing a slide whistle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another woo <laughs> like yeah. That's what he would definitely bring to a. <laughs> it seems about his range of ability. Yeah. Like, Why, Josuke? <laughs> when I wiggle Why, around, Josuke? it goes. 
<laughs> I brought the slide whistle. Uh, I just, I loved it. I was like, wow, Okiyasu's okay, playing a slide whistle. <laughs> it's it's funny that you bring up that um, he heals uh, Yoshikage Kira just to beat him up again. Because I also want to acknowledge another meme, which has caught my attention. Um, very much so. Um, it's by Instagram user Hamon Requiem, or at least it was posted by them. Uh, that is Hamon Requiem, no space. Um, Araki, Josuke's main personality is his kindness. All-Star Battle, and it shows a picture of a uh, YouTube video. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure ASB. Josuke uncripples Johnny, then re-cripples him. Um, and this is because um, Josuke's special in All-Star Battle is that he heals the opponent back to full health. And in the animation, the opponent always stands up so they can look at their body healed. And of course, if you're playing as Johnny and this animation is done against him, then Johnny stands up uh, when he is typically crawling unless he's on his horse. He stands up, Josuke just punches the other crap out of him, and he's back to the floor. Yeah. I looked up that video after you sent me that, <laughs> and I laughed so hard because it's so true. <laughs> just like, I can't beat the crap out of you until I heal you. And he's like, oh, well, I can walk. Thanks. I don't have to go on this terrifying quest to get these corpse parts, and I can just go, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Josuke, come on, man. Uh, come on. That's your alternate universe ancestor you're beating up. Have some respect. <laughs> That's your uh, dad's grandpa from a different universe, man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. Um, Hit us with the outro. All right. Well, um, uh, if you liked what we, had, what we had to talk about today. Well, I don't know why you would, but... I really don't know why you would, quite honestly. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter at NoDignityPod, where we post semi-frequently. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at No underscore Dignity underscore Podcast. Um, you can also, f- um, yeah, you can also find me, Alejandro, on YouTube, if I ever do make anything. Uh, the handle is A-Squid, um, the handle is A-Squid-TV, and on Instagram, you can find me at A-Squid-V. Um, I've been one of your co-hosts. Well, a co-host. I don't know why I spoke like that. <laughs> uh, if you want more of me, you can go to check out my Star Wars actual play podcast called Silver Zero. That's at Sil Zero Chris on Twitter. S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. Um, I think that's it for now. But, um, hey, did you know that, uh, when uh, Koichi gets a Capri Sun, he has to use scissors to poke open the hole instead of the straw. Really? When he can just use the tail of Echo's Act 1? <laughs> no dignity? To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>